0: Welcome to the podcast wherever you're listening from today we hope this message brings you hope and encouragement. if you want to share what God has done for you you can email us at saw at rttnchurch.com that's saw at rttnchurch.com saw stands for signs and wonders and what better way to display God's power than through your testimony let's get right into the message. Conference is October 24th through the 26th. Join with pastors and leaders as we gather for equipping during the day with labs and teaching sessions and encountering his presence at night. Bishop T.D. Jakes from the Potter's House, Dallas, Texas, will be joining us along with Joseph Garlington, Tony Miller, William McDowell, Jim Raley, and Pastors Kevin and Devon Wallace. You can register now at ruachconference.com. Right to the Word, Genesis chapter 1. Listen, make sure you put that on your calendar. I'm going to remind you of it for the next several Sundays. It got so crazy and sideways in the first service, I didn't get to play the video, so I need Chad to make sure we put that on social media today. Um, but I'm going to ask you to make this something that you talk about with your kids. I want everyone in this church family to bring the most sacrificial, sacrificial, generous gift you can on that day. And let me tell you why. Because there are... There are people who won't have and I mean this. I met many of them last year. They don't have Christmas if we don't help them get it. And you know what's amazing is God has blessed our church as we have blessed our community. And you know, I don't believe a church should be sitting up in a city talking about the kingdom of God and not demonstrating it. How you gonna be a city set on a hill, a light that can be seen and you ain't turned the light on yet? So we got an opportunity and I want you to know this. The group that we start with is in this house. The first group that we start with, if there are people who are part of our church family and have kids and they need help, that's where we start. And then we work outside of this house. We go to the schools that we're connected to, Emma Wheeler, some of our other areas that we are connected to. Y'all, we have a waiting list already, which means this. If we raise more than $60,000, we're going to invite more kids to come and get Christmas. Now, I'm, 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 listen, I'm in believing, I am stepping out there in faith, $60,000. How many know that's ten grand more than we spent last year on the community? That's a lot. We're in ve- Come on, somebody. I said, that's incredible that we're able to do that. We're believing God for it. You're going to have to be a part of it for it to happen. You say, what about me and my kids? Make it happen for somebody else. Make it happen for somebody else and watch what God will do for you. Pastor Gary, you got something? Yes, so last year not only did we help kids and not only did we do ministry, but last year 55 people got saved on the day we gave out Thanksgiving meals and 17 got saved at Christmas Share. I think we ought to praise God. 72 people got saved last year. That's amazing. So listen, I I want you to be a part of this. I want you to, to engage and be part of this. Talk to your kids. Talk to your family. Let's have a conversation and pray about what the Lord wants to give on October 14th, just like we did the forward offering. We're coming on a day to set aside uh, a generous amount to sow into the lives of other people. And I believe God is just going to do something significant in the hearts of people as we give. I want you to go quickly to to Genesis chapter 1 for just a few minutes. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start bringing some monster drinks in here for y'all. I know, I listen, I promise you, I was up at 5 o'clock this morning. I know what it is to feel tired right now. If, if I did what I feel in my flesh, i get up on that choir loft and ask for a pillow. But how many know the Holy Ghost is greater than your flesh? Amen? Some of us are being, some of us sometimes miss something God wants to do because we let our flesh dictate instead of our spirit man. But I'm going to tell you right now, somebody's getting ready to receive a download that's going to change their life. And then because I'm preaching, it's because it's the word of the Lord. This morning, Uh, early this morning. I had another sermon I was going to preach on Elisha from 2 Kings and it just, if you're not a preacher, it may not make sense, but the preachers didn't know what I'm talking about. I was going over it like I do every Sunday morning. I was saying it out of my mouth and it felt like gravel in my mouth. It felt like sand in my mouth. I thought, this is not the word of the Lord. This is not the word of the Lord. What are you saying to me, God? And I closed my eyes and started praying and God said, I want to breathe on my people. He said, the breath of God is what I need you to talk about. Now, in the first service this morning, I didn't get to talk about it. I planned on it. I was ready to preach on it, but he just breathed on us at 9 o'clock. I feel like this service is going to be me giving you an understanding and an explanation about what God was talking about. And sometimes we preach in first service and don't get to preach in second service. I have learned as a two-service pastor, you got to let the ebb and flow of the Spirit happen and not try to control it and remanufacture in the flesh what God birthed in the Spirit. Sometimes you just got to say, you know what, this service has a different assignment. Look at your neighbor, tell them different assignment. So as your pastor, I have come to discern and recognize when God is doing something that is not quite uh, what he did in the moment before. Every moment presents a new possibility, and if you are trying to control the moment, this moment that we're experiencing, by replicating and reproducing a previous moment, you will miss the potential that is in this moment. Amen. So God has something for us. Look at your neighbor and say, God has something for us in this service. So you will be glad to know that I have four sentences on my page, and that's all I have. Y'all think I'm kidding? I'll rip it out and show you. There's my sermon. That's it. So when I get through with that, chicken. Chicken cause some of y'all worried about chicken right now I see it on your face you you got the meat sweats, you're just sitting there sweating Lord I need a steak, Jesus, western sizzling Oh, salad bar somebody give me a cookie Lord help me Ricky don't let the devil stop you my God go to Genesis chapter 1 chapter 1, chapter 1 and then put your finger on Genesis chapter 2 religious people are all nervous Genesis chapter 1, and I want you to look at verse 26. I'll read through verse 31. If I stop, you keep going. You ready to read with me? Let's read. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle. And over every, uh, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing. How many know there's some creeps in your life? How many know you got dominion over the creeps in your life? Come on in here, somebody. Dominion over every creeping thing that creeps Some creeps on the earth. Next verse. So God, in his own image, come on, let's get in cadence. In the image of God, he created him. Next verse. Next verse. Next verse. Also every of earth, to every bird the to every on earth. There's him creeps again. Last verse. Now, I want you to take your Bible and flip over to chapter 2. Put your finger on verse 7. Let's read this verse together, and then we'll preach. Verse 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils a breath of life, and man became a living being. God breathed into man, and man, man was created but dead until God. Man had a face, a body, feet, arms and hands. Eyes, nose, ears, hair, man had it all, but man was dead until God breathed on man. So I felt like God wanted me to preach this message today. Somebody look up to heaven and say, God, don't hold your breath. Look at somebody tell him, I don't want him to hold his breath on my life. How many want him to breathe on you? Somebody lift your hands up, throw your Bible down, lift your hands up and say, God, breathe on me today. Breathe on me today. I'm a, I'm a man, Lord. I'm a, some of you need to say I'm a woman. God, I'm a created being. I got hands, I got feet, I got eyes, I got a nose, I got hair, I got ears. But Lord, I I need you to breathe on me. I'm dead till you breathe on me. I'm empty till you breathe on me. I pray right now, God, you would arrest every religious spirit that has convinced people who are dead that they're all right. And I pray that you would give people a breakthrough until they get so hungry for the breath of heaven that they will cry out, breathe on me, oh breath of God. And I pray you'll breathe on this house today in the name of Jesus. Thank you in advance for what you're getting ready to do in this place. And everybody said, In Jesus' name, amen. I feel the shift. I am often amazed at people who want to say that they want to know God, and yet their pursuit of him is so shallow that if you took inventory of their pursuit, it would not reveal a person who is truly hungry to know the ways of God. If you're truly hungry to know the ways of God, you will go find him. You say, Pastor, well, I don't know. God ought to come to me. Everything in life you're hungry for, you got to go get. If you don't believe me, sit there in your chair today this afternoon hungry and tell that fried chicken in your refrigerator, get out that refrigerator and walk in here and feed me. That chicken ain't going to listen to you you got to go get what you're hungry for. Sometimes we say we're hungry for God and we want to know God, but the reality of it is our expectation and our pursuit do not reveal that we are truly hungry to know God. For when you are hungry to know God, you you will search for him until you find him. You do not search until you're tired. You search until you find him. Oftentimes the flesh persuades us to believe God cannot be found because our flesh presents to us the conveniences of this life, and it almost shapes our pursuit of God in a way uh, that 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 if it's not convenient, quick, and comfortable, God cannot be found. But I came to tell you that when you really want God, it's not about convenience, it's not about how quick. When you really want God, you seek for him until you find him. That's why he told through the prophet, they will find me when they search for me with their whole heart. In other words, if you could find him while seeking for him with half your heart, then if he made himself so accessible with just a half-hearted seeking, then you would never really understand the depth of who he is or what he's really about. It's not until you say, I'm going to find you and seek for you with all my heart, because until God has all your heart, you can't handle what you find when you find him. And I, 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 I say this today, uh, just easing into this text. And you may say, what does this have to do with the text? How is it germane to this message? Because sometimes people say, I want to know God. I want to tell you if you want to know God and you want to find God, Genesis is a place to seek for God. Because Genesis is the book of beginnings. Look at your neighbor telling beginnings, beginnings. I want you to know God has a beginning for every one of us in this room. God is the master of beginnings and if you want to know something about God, if you want to understand the ways of God, if you want to know something about the nature of God, I encourage you to investigate and extrapolate from the text of Genesis the truth that God reveals himself by as we see him in creation. If you want to know what kind of God he is and what he's about and what he's doing, you got to get into Genesis chapter 1 and 2 and begin to discover God in creation because this is the opening act of God. God is trying to show you and I who he is. God is trying to reveal to us his nature, the character of God, the heart of God. And if you want to know what he's about, go to act one. Go to scene one in the history of humanity and watch God operate in the beginning. In the beginning. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning, God. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning, God. God is trying to tell us something about his nature here in Genesis 1 and says, In the beginning, God created. The first note I need you to take is God is a creating God. He's a creative God. You understand that we did not get here here through some social, biological, cosmic happenstance. We are not here because two particles came together and an explosion occurred. We are here because a sovereign God, an immutable God who needed no one to help him be God, out of the overflow of the love that he had within his heart looked and said, I'm Going to create something. I'm going to take, I'm gonna take out of nothing, and out of nothing, I'm gonna make something, and the something I'm gonna make is gonna become the object of my love, and I'm gonna create because I love, I'm not gonna create because I need robots, I'm not gonna be create because I want worshipers to help me work through my insecurity, and they're gonna tell me how awesome I am. No, 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 no. I'm gonna create because I want to love people, and when they know my love, they will worship me because they will know that. There is no one that loves them like I love them. When somebody tells you God created you to worship, that is not totally true. God did not create you simply to worship if he created you only to worship him that would mean he created you as some sort of robot because he was insecure as God and he needed you and your praise to make him feel better I got news for you your worship and my praise don't make him feel more God and it don't make him feel better I did I wasn't created just to worship him I was created to know him and because I know him I worship him because I know him I praise him because he has shown me his love I cannot help but move my feet and clap my hands and lift my voice in praise. I'm not crazy because I act like this. I'm grateful that he revealed his love to me, and now I have to respond to it. In the beginning, God created the heavens. He's a creating God. He created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. i got to get to this. Not only is he a creating God, but watch this. He's a speaking God. God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God said, Can you imagine how the universe responded to the first words uttered by God? God said, God said, the spirit of God moved. Ah, don't let me forget this. Thank you, Lord. Not only was he creating, but he was moving. Ah, yeah, because we got these people now, these little theologians who travel around now sowing discord and telling people that God doesn't move. There is no move of God. God doesn't move. God has never moved. You're all excited over nothing. You're just really, really excited about the move of God, but God doesn't move. I've been told that when you preach on the move of God, that there's no scriptural evidence for the move of God, but my Bible said in verse 2 of the opening act of God, the Spirit of God moved. Ah, I want to preach about the move of God for just a moment because God doesn't wait till you get your ducks in order to move. God doesn't wait till you get your stuff together to move. God doesn't wait till you get all your things in line and then move. My Bible said that when it was a watery, dark chaos in the middle of nothingness, He said and He moved. I want to tell you the Spirit of God is not waiting on you to get your ducks in a row before He moves in your life. In fact, the move of God is coming to some stuff in your Your life. Oh, let me read what I wrote down here in the Holy Ghost this morning. You need to understand that something is coming out of your nothingness. Something is coming out of your formlessness. You say, Pastor, what is God going to do? My future looks void. That's what the Bible said about earth. Earth was a watery, dark, void place. And God moved when it was dark and chaotic and it was nothingness. And there's somebody in here today, you are standing. In a season of nothingness, it looks void. Tomorrow looks empty. And you wonder what is God up to in my life? I believe God would have me tell you he's about to move. Slap your neighbor, tell him he's about to move something is coming out of this for you too many tears have been cried before you for you to come out of this and not have any payback too much hell has been walked through for you to come out of this and not have some glory on your life God is about to move I don't know who I'm talking to but I feel the Holy Ghost on the inside of me telling me to tell somebody it's dark and it's chaotic and it looks empty but the Holy Ghost is about to move your neighbor tell them, neighbor, God is about to move. God is about to move. He moved up on the face of the deep. And then God done some crazy elder. God said. He created and then he moved and then God said. He's standing in the midst of darkness and says that... There be, y'all ain't going to have nobody preach today. Let there be light. And there was light. How many have been told that your whole life? Because how many believe that? So let me freak you out. Take your Bible, open it to Genesis 1. I would like for the media team to put verse 16 on the screen 16 116 thank you then God now this is 13 verses later he created the sun and the moon the sun to rule by and the moon to rule by wait a minute because when God said let there be light, and there was. How can there be? Come on, wake up. When the sources of light had not even been created yet. Y'all not seeing this with me. God said, Let there be, and there was, but 13 verses later, He created. So, how can there be if. Come on! Hadn't even been created yet. I'll tell you how. Because when God says something, Oh, my God. He doesn't even have to see the thing that would produce what he said. His word alone creates what it said. Y'all missing what I'm telling you. That's why God can call you healed, and you still got a tumor in your body. It's not that you're not healed. It's that this thing has got to catch up with what God said. Look at your neighbor. Tell your neighbor it's catching up today. It's catching up today. Today. That 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 victory is coming. You've been believing for it for years, but God said it a long time ago, and He's getting ready to bring it to pass. Oh my God! I don't know who I'm preaching to, but somebody's getting ready to step into something God told you a long time ago. The devil tried to tell you God wasn't gonna do it, but I came a liar. God is not a man that he should lie. He's not the son of man that he should repent. He said so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth and it shall not come back to me void but it will accomplish what I spoke it to do. Have you ever had God tell you something crazy and you couldn't tell nobody about it? Anybody know what I'm talking about? God, walk into your bankruptcy and say, I'm getting ready to bless you. I'm getting ready. Not only are you going to come out of this, you're going to come out of this more blessed than you were when you started in this. Say y'all can't stand, y'all can't see that. You, You got to say, sometimes God will let you come into a thing and God will speak something ridiculous over you because he knows something about your future. Your eyes are not able to see yet. Have you ever had God say something crazy to you? You know them kind of things where Jesus walked up to a woman? who was carrying her dead son out of the city and this woman has hired mourners and the boy is dead in a coffin and Jesus is walking in with the crowd and his crowd is the crowd of life her crowd is the crowd of death she's walking out of the city to bury her son her husband is already dead and in that generation that means she would have been a slave for the rest of her life Jesus is walking into the city she is walking out she's about to bury her son and Jesus looks at her and says don't cry Yeah, see, y'all acting cool like that would have been all right. But if that had been me, I'd have been like, what? Come on in here, be real, somebody. Don't cry. I got my baby in a coffin, and you don't want me to cry? Why don't you want me to cry? Because I know something about this that your eyes ain't able to see y'all miss what I'm talking about today you're missing what I'm preaching today somebody in here you keep living by what you see and as long as you live by what you see you will always be controlled by a moment but if you ever wake up the Holy Ghost on the inside of you and start walking not according to what you see but according to faith for we walk by faith and not by sight God is trying to show you the power of his word if he ever says let there be light I don't know where the sun is I don't know where the moon is but bam, I'm walking in the light because he said let there be light but I didn't come to preach about that God is creating God is moving, God is speaking Genesis chapter 1 I'm almost through Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 through 31 is a story about what he created chapter 2 verse 7 is how he created God triune Godhead Father, Son, and Holy Ghost I'm a Trinitarian Father, Son, and Holy Ghost Well, Brother Wallace, I believe in Jesus only well, listen, I'm not going to get an argument with you Don't send me no emails I just believe the Bible said God said let us make man Who is us? Father, Son, and Holy Ghost Let us make man in our image Right? Watch this God a creative, moving, speaking God looks into the earth he created. And he sees earth created in a manner of preparation that is suitable for the crown of his creation, mankind. Do you understand this? God put everything in place for Adam so that when Adam showed up, all Adam had to do was steward. Adam only had to steward what was already made available. There's a revelation here for us. Quit trying to work your garden and just start tending it. Oh, I got to hurry. Oh, I got to work. Oh, I got to sleep all night. Oh, I got to stay up late, wake up early. Oh, I got to kill myself. Oh, my God. That ain't your assignment. I ain't talking about, uh, I'm not talking about laziness. I would never put a premium on laziness. I would never put a premium on people who don't want to work hard. But if you're trying to kill yourself, lose your family, wreck your marriage, and watch your children walk away from God all because you're chasing the American dream, you are pursuing something that is not yours. When God has it for you, he already put it in your life in a seed form. All you got to do is steward it and tend it, but you don't have to be the one to create it. He already done it for you. Adam is standing in the garden. Pardon me. God is standing in the garden he created. And what does God do? What does God do? God says, let us make man in our image. When God started making you, he looked at perfection first. Oh, you missed it. God said, let us make man in our image. You are made in the image of God. God. When God created you, he started with himself. That's why you you quit spending your life trying to be a copycat. You are a magnificent original. Oh, when God wanted to make you, he could have gave you her thumbprint or his thumbprint. He could have gave you his nose or her hair, but he gave you that hair and he gave you that little button nose and he put you a unique little fingerprint on you. In fact, when we trace your DNA, there is nobody on this planet that can match perfectly your DNA. You are, slap your neighbor, tell him you are one of a kind. Ah, my God, you're one of a kind. That's why I don't understand why you're using all your energy trying to look like her. Honey, she had to pay to look like that. And if you'll just walk in your identity and know who you are in God, can't nobody mess with you. The next time somebody asks you who do you think you are, say how much time do you have? my God you are fearfully and wonderfully made don't you let some hobo man walk up in your life and tell you you need to nip it and tuck it tell him to take a hike when God made you sister he made you fearfully and wonderfully don't let no depression get on you don't let nobody come up and try to tell you who you ain't you are fearfully and wonderfully made oh God I feel like preaching God wanted, to, when God wanted to crown creation with the crown of all that he created. He created heavens and the earth. He moved. He spoke. And then when he gets ready to create the crown of creation, he, he steps down into the earth he created and does something that absolutely shocks the devil. He reaches down and picks up I don't understand why we all fight one another and why there's so much strife and division in our land because we all made from the same dirt Ah, some of us have a little darker tone than others uh come on in here, we celebrate it Uh Yes, yeah, some of us are vanilla, some of us are chocolate, some of us are raspberry. It doesn't really matter what flavor. The reality of it is we all came from the same pile of dirt. I found out you can dress your dirt up. You can put a three-piece suit on your dirt. You can put some glasses on your dirt. You can even nip it and tuck it, but I want to tell you at the end of the day, it's dirt. Oh my God, it's dirt. I want to tell you right now, it doesn't matter how much money you got in the bank, it's still still money that belongs to dirt. Oh, don't insult me, Bishop. How would you talk about me like this? You just told me I was fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm just trying to remind us all we're on the same playing field here. There is not one supreme race. There is not one supreme dirt. There is not one supreme color. There is only one dirt. And I want to tell you today that it was God who saw potential in the the dirt that's how we're here he knows what to do with the dirt that's why I'm trying to find out why you're having a nervous breakdown over the dirt in your life he already told you he knew how to make something great out of the dirt so if you've been going through hell and you've made a mess with the dirt of this life you serve a God that knows what to do with the dirt He reached down and took the dirt. And when he made man, he considered what God considered himself the prototype. God said, I'm not going to create Adam and then make all men after Adam's image. The prototype will be me, the Lord said. I'm going to make him in my image. Oh my God, I'm trying to stir somebody up right here. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. In other words, you have this idea of a triune God who made a triune human. Mind, body, spirit. Created in the image of God. Now this is where we lose it though in theology sometimes people don't understand that you can't come to life until God breathes in you. God is so merciful that when he put breath in Adam and then Adam sinned, don't miss it, the Bible said Adam died. The problem is Adam really kept on breathing in the natural. But in the spirit, Adam died and I'm not going to take long here I'm really almost through but I feel like I could preach till 5 5 p.m. today hallelujah because I got a fire didn't feel this good a minute ago but something is erupting on the inside of me right now and I feel like cracking demon heads together and piling the bones up on the side hallelujah (laughs) Adam is dead on the outside dead on the inside But he's still breathing in his natural body, which is how so many people in church get screwed up. They think because they come to church and they're breathing in the natural that they're really experiencing life. But the reality is, there's a lot of people breathing like Adam was breathing in the natural. But in the inside, they're dead in their spirit. And they've never come to life. Because you can be alive in the natural, but be dead in your spirit, man. And I know people are dead in their spirit because they're listening to the wrong voice. Paul said in the book of Ephesians, they're being led by the spirit of disobedience. They're being led by, by it's a it's a rebellious spirit. They're living life for themselves. They're, they're honoring nobody. They're submitted to nothing. They walk around with a haughty attitude and then they bring that nonsense up in the house of the Lord and they sit up in a pew and they act like because they're there breathing in the natural that I ought to be impressed. I want to tell you right now, you can be breathing in this body but be dead on the inside. I want to tell you it is not until God breathes the Holy Ghost into you that you come to life Adam was a human but he didn't come to life until God breathed in him my point this morning and I'm going to go take my seat or my bed My point this morning is very simple. We need God to breathe on us. We need God to breathe on us. I don't want to come and sit in a church with a pulse but be dead on the inside too many people come to church and they think the presence of their self sitting up in the church is enough to qualify them for the outpouring of God. You better get a revelation. You better check yourself before you wreck yourself. There are some people sitting in this house today. Last night you were sipping a Tom Collins sleeping with somebody you don't even know and then you come up in here on Sunday morning singing I am the seed of Abraham. You're dead on the inside. You need the Holy Ghost to breathe on you. I'm going to preach holiness right here for a minute. I'm telling you there's too much stuff happening in the house of God and we're sweeping it under the rug and we're trying to tell everybody, well you know the power of the flesh the flesh make you do all kind of crazy things. No, the reason we ain't got no life in the church and the reason we got so many defeated people is because we are preaching coping rather than conquering Jesus didn't die on a cross walk up on a hill die between heaven and earth so that you and I could teach how to cope with sin he conquered sin while he was in the flesh and when God raised his three day dead body back to life it was a prophetic sign that no longer will I be dead to sin dead in sin I will die to sin and come alive in Christ God, whatever you do, don't hold your breath. Help me, Rick, i closer. God, whatever you do, don't hold your breath. I'm gasping. Some of you, some of you are walking around in life and you're trying to find joy and you're trying to find peace and really, you wouldn't have to go looking for any of that if you just let God breathe on you. We, we, people all the time, they get confused because we call our conference in October, Ruach. What does that mean? We have people call it Roach. Rach, Ruach. I'm like, y'all need to just quit. Tell me you're going to redemption to the nation's church. Ruach is the Hebrew word for breath and wind of God. Adam is standing there in a garden. And he has a nose and he has a body. And he's, he's absolutely perfect. Because he was made in the image of God. And yet there's one thing that is very critical that is absent from this equation. Adam has potential. Adam has capacity. Adam can really go somewhere. But Adam is dead. And he is going to stay dead until God breathes on him. Adam's lungs are awaiting the celestial, eternal air of God to fill them. And in order for Adam to inhale, it meant that first God had to exhale. There is nothing for Adam to come to life with until first God exhales into Adam's life I don't want to be dramatic I I do feel like God wants to exhale celestial spirit breath into someone's life today The kind of stuff, the kind of spirit, the kind of grace, the kind of power that brought the body of Adam to life can come into your spirit and bring your spirit to life. You say, Pastor, is this the only place it happened? Oh, no. There was a man named Ezekiel who got dropped off in an open valley. I'm glad it wasn't a closed valley. If it was an open valley, that meant there was a door in, and thank God there was a door out of the valley. Hallelujah, somebody. God dropped off the prophet in the valley, and the Bible said that what Ezekiel saw was bones. God said, Can these bones live? And, that, and Ezekiel says, Oh Lord God, you know. Please know this when God asks you a question, it is never because you have more information than He does. He is not consulting you for counsel and for wisdom and understanding. For who can know the mind of God? There is no one who knows anything like God knows so much more than we could ever know. How many know he is infinite? God did not ask Ezekiel the question because Ezekiel was privy to information that God was looking for. God asked Ezekiel the question to test the heart of the prophet. Can these bones live? Ezekiel says, oh, Lord God, only you know. And God says something crazy to Ezekiel. Prophesy to the bones. Have you ever had to talk to something that didn't want to listen? Have you ever had God tell you to talk to some stuff that looked dead? It's bones. And God wants you to go start preaching to some bones? Let me preach to it while it's listening. Let me prophesy to it while it's got ears. But now there ain't no ears and can't nobody receive nothing. Now it's a pile of bones. God said, good, that's exactly how I want it to be. I want you to talk to dead stuff. Oh my God, Brother Wallace, you said God wanted you to talk to dead. Yeah, sometimes you've got to prophesy to dead dreams. Sometimes you got to prophesy to dead marriages. Sometimes you got to prophesy to your children that are looking and acting like they're dead. Y'all ain't saying nothing. But God will sometimes call you and compel you to preach to dead things. Why would God want me to speak to dead things? Because if you ever start preaching and declaring the word of the Lord, dead things have to start listening. these bones live only you know God and then God does something crazy God says prophesy to of the wind so the wind is the same word used in Genesis 1 and 2 Ruach God called for Ruach now don't miss this, I'm, I'm really done bone came to bone. bone the Bible says this in Ezekiel 37 bone came to bone, the foot bone was connected to the leg bone. And the leg bone was connected to the hip bone and the hip bone. Come on, y'all. Is that the Hokey Pokey? What is that? I don't even know what that is. That's another song. God, we're getting ready to do the Hokey Pokey in church. My Lord. Bones got connected. The Bible says that when the bones started coming together, there was a sound in the valley. Sounds of bones. I hear that in my spirit today. Sounds of bones coming together. So watch this. The bones come together and you have a structure. But structure is not sufficient. You have to have muscle. See, structure is what we do to to organize the church. You've got to have an infrastructure because if you don't have a structure, everything will fall. Y'all ain't saying nothing in here. God had to put the bones back together first because bones represent structure and structure had to be set for the body to operate. But not only did it need structure, it needed sinew. Slap your neighbor, say sinew. Sinew. That means servant. Servant, service. It's muscle. It's the work of the ministry. Come on, somebody. You got to have structure, but you also got to have the work. Yo, ain't nobody helping me, but that's okay. You got to have them people that just move the muscles of the kingdom and they move the muscles of the body and they get involved and they do stuff because the understand. The kingdom of God is not just a sessile, immobile, immovable thing, it is not sitting on a pew, warming a pew until the Lord comes. The church is on the move. So, watch this watch this you have bone come together, structure. You have sinew, muscle, come on the bone. And then you have skin, which represents the covering of the body because can't nobody do what God called them to do unless they get under the right covering. I'm not finding no help right here. That's why we got long rangers trying to find Tonto running from church to church, blaming every bishop in town that they won't use them to preach the gospel. The reality of it is what they're trying to say but don't want to hurt your feelings is you're not an apostle, you're not a prophet and you need to sit down in Sunday school and learn the Bible for a while before you go passing out business cards trying to tell them Everybody, what kind of ministry you got? Got that off my chest. Covering. Oh, if I had time, I'd go into leprosy, because whenever you see leprosy coming on somebody's body, it's an attack against their covering. It starts eating away the skin, and when the skin comes on the body, skin provides protection and covering. You need to be covered. Everybody ought to belong to a church. I can't get but three amens in a ride. I said everybody ought to belong and get connected to a church. Everybody ought to have an umbrella to call home. Come on, somebody. You ought to be able to come and be a part of a family somewhere. Well, I'm still trying out churches for four years. What's wrong with you? You can't grow if you don't get planted. And by now, you've been to 33 churches in Chattanooga. There ain't something wrong with all them churches, I'm telling you. Covering, Slap your neighbor and say covering. It had structure. It had sinew. It had covering. But there's one problem. It doesn't have breath. Read it. Ezekiel 37. You can have a body that has programs. You can have a church that has programs. And you can have all these little things going on for people. But if you don't have no breath, you're a dead body. I don't want us to live dead. I want him to breathe on us. Don't hold your breath. Don't hold your breath. Fill the lungs of this house with the breath of heaven. Oh, God, fill the lungs of my own spirit with the breath of heaven. If you want him to fill your life with his breath, stand and just lift your hands and start asking him to do it right now. I'm through preaching. Christopher, I need some water. Lift your hands. I'm not going to coach you through it. If you're hungry for him, you'll go after him right now. It's 1.35 on Sunday afternoon. And if you're hungry for him, you'll go after him right now. Breathe on me, Lord. Breathe on me, Lord. Breathe on me, Lord. Breathe in my spirit. Breathe in my spirit today, God. Breathe in my spirit today. I don't want to. I don't want to walk through motions and be alive on the outside, but dead on the inside. Breathe on my spirit, Lord. Breathe on my. My life needs you, Holy Ghost. Don't hold your breath. Don't hold your breath. Don't hold your breath back from me, God. Breathe on me. Come on. How many want Him to breathe on you? Just lift your hands and lift your. Lift, just turn your volume up a little bit louder. Just a tad louder. Come on. Breathe on me, Lord. Breathe. I still believe you're breathing breath into the life of your people. I still believe dry bones can come together and live again, Lord, but we got to have your breath. Lord, we're praying here today, God, because we got some things happening this month, Lord. We got some preachers that are coming from across this nation. Oh God, they feel like giving up, Lord. they feel dead on the inside. I need about 150 people to start praying with me right now. God will start breathing on preachers. Come on.. Oh, shake it on Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost with me. Oh God, would you breathe on preachers and would you breathe on churches again? Oh God, don't let us miss, don't let us miss the outpouring of your spirit. Don't let us go through motions. We need revival. We need a Holy Ghost revival. God, we need it because we're full of cynicism and skepticism. Carnality has polluted pulpits, God. And we got our act, we, we gotta get our eyes back on you, Lord. Oh, don't hold your breath. Don't hold your breath. Breathe on us, Holy Ghost. Oh, call them my child. I don't think I ever try to burden y'all to pray for me. I know many of you do but I'm flying out to Houston on Tuesday morning to preach to a whole bunch of preachers. Somebody pray for me right now that God would help us to see his Holy Ghost be poured out on preachers. Come on, pray, I got a burden for this thing. We're not gonna see America turn unless we get some pulpits back up under the power of the Holy Ghost. We need the authority of God to rise up in the church again. God, we pray for preachers, preachers that are preaching on fumes. They're preaching on a move of God that happened 30 years ago, but they don't got no breath in their lungs I pray God you'll set us on fire Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night. God, I pray this Empowerment Conference would take lives to another level. Breathe on us, Holy Ghost. Breathe. Come on, let's pray for a pure to heaven. Dutch Sheets is coming to Chattanooga. Lou Engle's coming to Chattanooga. Cindy Jacobs is coming to Chattanooga. Will Ford's coming to Chattanooga. These prophets, prophetesses are coming. God gave Dutch a word that the giant of racism was going to fall in our nation. He said he believed that God said to start it right here. I need about 150 people to get an agreement with me that in this nation we're going to see God bring some healing to our land. Come on, start. In fact, take your neighbor by the hand right now. Take your neighbor by the hand right now. Come on, we're going to turn this into a prayer meeting right now. Breathe on us, Lord. Lord. Breathe on America, Lord. Don't 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 hold your breath, God. Don't hold your breath, God. Roboro Koshi Araba Horebe kasa. Ante Oshketele Comansa. Mageshe A sivi de kanda. Lemundo Hosinivi Eshtaka. Botarahaste alabansuta. Vesikis delamasaprota. Sata prota la prosete. Matalaprosantalamasa. Fusiaste lamasa foste lemesh tekatamau. Oh, God, I feel some stuff stirring up in Mississippi. God's getting ready to fill some preachers from Mississippi. Mississippi is coming up under a revival. I see something breaking out in Mississippi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God's getting ready to rewrite Mississippi burning. God's getting ready to rewrite Mississippi burning. It burnt with racism back in the day, but God's letting, it's about to get ready to burn with Holy Ghost fire. My God, somebody get an agreement with me right now. Something's coming to Mississippi. I feel the glory of the Lord coming to Mississippi. I see awakening coming to Mississippi. Do it, do it, do it, Lord. 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 I pray a pill to heaven. I pray a pill to heaven would break and crack Something that has been pinned up in the heavenlies. I pray for a breaking open. Moro de Breathe on us, God. Don't hold your breath back. Don't hold your breath. Release it, God. Release. Come on, I need somebody to agree with me right now. Release it. Breathe on us, God. Breathe on us, God. Breathe on our generation. Oh, God, oh, God. Oh, God, oh, God. Now let's pray for Ruach. October 24, 25, and twenty-six. Hundreds and hundreds of preachers and leaders and members of the kingdom coming from all over this world. Somebody pray with me that when they get to Ruach, they'll experience Ruach, that God would not hold his breath. God will breathe on us. Breathe on us, Lord. Breathe on us, Lord. Spirit is speaking. Speak. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Speak to us, Holy Ghost. Speak to us, Holy Ghost. Oh, yes, Lord. My God. Lift your hands and thank God for His Spirit. Thank God for His Spirit. So I want to explain to you, because I do this and I take nothing for granted. If you were raised in a Pentecostal church, you know what happened. But if you were not, that's a gift of the Spirit. The dear brother was under the influence of God's presence. The Spirit of God spoke through him in message, in tongues. And then God interpreted it in a language that we could understand. Why is it important to have the interpretation? Why did... So let me explain it, because I want you to know. After he spoke in tongues, we asked God to speak to us. Why? Because Paul said, what good is it if all you hear is the tongues? There's no understanding or fruitfulness. So then you pray for the prophetic word and interpretation to come forth so that we all understand what God was saying. What God just said is, it's already raining. And it's time to move with God. I don't know if anyone else caught that, but I received the word of the Lord. I received the word of the Lord. I love this house, and I love you. I don't want anyone miss what God has in store. Some of us are going to have to challenge ourselves out of religion and say, God, breathe on me and fill me with the breath of heaven. One last time before we go home, lift your hands. Fill us, Lord, with the breath of heaven. Fill us, Lord, with the breath of heaven. This coming week, I need you interceding for our school. I fly to Houston on Tuesday to preach in Houston Tuesday. I fly to Washington on Wednesday morning, or or Thursday morning, and I'm going to meet Devin and the school, the kids that are going, and the the, the chaperones that are going. And I have never seen Devin um, in this zone that she is in right now. And I don't mean it like she's like super spiritual. She, She believes with all of her heart God wants to overturn Roe versus Wade. And I believe with all my heart, Satan doesn't want that to happen. And I am asking you to intercede with us this week. That in the realm of the Spirit, I keep hearing the Lord say, I'm revealing the hidden things. And I know what some people think that means, but it ain't what they think it means. There are things going on behind closed doors in Washington. God is going to expose it. And I'm not talking about for or against your party or your man. I'm talking about the Lord is a God of truth, period. And whatever the truth is, that's the side of God. And wherever justice is, that's the side of Yahweh. That's the side of Yahweh. This whole thing about God, are you for us or against us? Are you on our side, God? God never asks, God never lets you know if he's on your side or not. He only asks you the question, are you on my side? There is no side but Yahweh's side. You don't have a side and I don't either. I just want to be on his side. How many can receive that? Lord, my heart overflows today. You're up to something. I pray my heart would be ready and that the house would be ready for whatever you have intended and prepared and purposed to do. We do not consider ourselves special or elite, oh God, only that we're hungry. We want you. Don't hold your breath. Don't hold your breath over us. Breathe on us, Lord. Oh, I gotta tell this. We're going home. Last week we were in LA. You know, you know your church. You went on your vacation for your anniversary. You go to the place where the Holy Ghost was poured out first. So we went to Bonnie Bray's house in LA. How many of you ever heard of the Azusa Street Revival? It didn't start at Azusa. It started on the front porch of a woman of God. An African-American lady named Bonnie Bray, hosted a prayer meeting when a man named William Seymour showed up. They began to pray on the front porch of Bonnie Bray's house until the glory fell in such a way, the whole porch collapsed and they started speaking in tongues. It got so big, they had to spill over and go down to a Methodist, um, well, it really wasn't a Methodist church, it used to be a cow stall. And the Azusa Street revival was birthed there. Devin and I were standing in front of Bonnie Bray's house in downtown Los Angeles and God, Devin said, God, why would you fall on this front porch? This little front porch, why would you fall here? And the Lord said one word to Devin, hunger. I I let you leave now. And before you leave, I declare this over you. Stay hungry. Stay hungry. Stay hungry for more of God. I know this is a different way to end. That's how I felt I should end it. I love you. Go in the peace of Jesus today. Stay hungry. Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. You don't want to miss it. Prepare your hearts for October 14th offering for our holiday share. Share the love of God with 72 people on your way out and hug somebody. God bless you. Rulak Conference is October 24th through the 26th. Join with pastors and leaders as we gather for equipping during the day with labs and teaching sessions and encountering his presence at night. Bishop T.D. Jakes from the Potter's House, Dallas, Texas, will be joining us along with Joseph Garlington, Tony Miller, William McDowell, Jim Raley, and Pastors Kevin and Devin Wallace. You can register now at ruachconference.com.